The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Government-run education, state universities, they have been extremely effective at dismantling Americanism. You know, they've been extremely effective in promoting democratic socialism. That's the nice socialism. It's democratic socialism. It's not the bad socialism. They've been extremely effective at indoctrination. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. The indoctrination centers, whether they be K through 12, whether they be the state-funded universities, federal-funded universities, because they do receive some federal funding, grants, what have you, there's, a, there's always a string attached. We are going to teach you what we think you should learn, not what's necessary to your success. And we've let that go on for quite some time. And it's resulted in a government sought after public. It's crazy. I mean, these people are just infatuated with big government. They, and they don't really have a big scope about where things come from. I know that sounds like an old, you know, old time. You got, oh, you don't know where stuff comes from, kid. You don't know where. But really think about it. First, they want our system to be this Nordic style nation. Yeah, look. Sweden, and they've got, you know, college is covered and healthcare is covered and everything is covered. And we as the people, a collective, the village should get together and chip in our money and then we can all fund everything and we'll never go broke and we'll make this great society and all of us will be kept safe and secure, which is complete crap. It's where you get this trend of purchasing tiny houses. I got a 35 square foot house. The toilet reclines into a bed. I can watch the TV on the roof. And while I'm sleeping, if I have to use the bathroom, well, you know, I can do it right just right there, you know, and I I don't have a septic system. I have a bedpan that pulls out into the herb garden so I can compost and take last night's 7-Eleven nacho run that's tearing my insides inside and out and turning me into a Golden Corral chocolate fountain. I can use that to compost my herb garden. And then I'll get some some chickens. Yeah, okay. This is where they get this sustainable living. I'm gonna I'm gonna live off the land, even though I don't really have any means of owning the land. I'm gonna roll up in my tiny house on some plot of land that I have no title to, and I'm just gonna start farming until somebody shows up and says, "Get the hell off my land." But the land isn't supposed to be owned by people. It should be open to the public. I mean, think about the student loan debt thing. They want all of their student loan debt just wiped away. Just poof, off the books. I mean, really? There was somebody who said, yeah, I really need to free up that student loan debt so I can focus on my career. Yeah, I'd like to focus on my career, focus on my family. Hell, get rid of all that student loan debt. Get rid of my mortgage, too, while, while I'm at it. I can focus on all types of stuff. I mean, this is the ridiculousness of the left. Realize that that debt that you purchased was a return on investment. You purchased the ability to make yourself more marketable. It's not guaranteed 
but you're giving yourself extra skill sets that the average person may not have. And you're doing it in a field that is specialized. And so when you're taking the time to learn in an institution of learning and you've paid for that time, well, then you come out with tools and certificates that show that you have enhanced your talent to gain a better salary, hopefully, in which you can pay back that investment, that loan that you took out to, to uh, that debt that you incurred. You hopefully will put yourself in a position to where it's not going to start out that way, but the salary will eventually work itself to pay it off. I mean, that's that nothing in life is free. And what they don't understand is the structure of revenue generating centers, businesses, corporations, you know, they just assume that they've existed since before the big bang, you know, they've been there forever. Oh yeah. The Exxon Mobil and, and Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. They've been there from since the dawn of time. Nobody started those. The means of production, oh, the the means of production were always there. And it was always some elite person who passed it down to somebody else, whether it be a family member or somebody who's uh, in cahoots with them. That's not how that works. I mean, and, and when they had this class warfare going on, like this video that I'm about to play, it's insane. You know, they have this class warfare view. That's exactly the one that Karl Marx had. You know, the war between the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. The proletariat is the class of wage earning or wage earners in an economic society whose only possession of significant material value is their labor power. So we're going to see how that theory comes up in this silly video that the AFL-CIO put out by Means, the Means Network. And if I remember right, Means Network is going to be this decentralized workers-only network, which there was an interesting news story about how the model is not, it's not functionable. But, you know, that's, they're putting out propaganda videos. They're trying to push for democratic socialism. And the AFL-CIO, I mean, that's labor union to the umph degree. I think it's Richard Trumka and all those guys. Yeah, they're more than happy to push this video on their social media sites. It's really unbelievable when you see what this is all about. I mean, listen to, this guy is a roofer, all right? First off, he's a roofer. He frames himself as working class roofer. Now, we don't know if he's a subcontracted roofer. We don't know if he has his own business to where somebody hires him as a business 1099 outsourced labor because he has his own LLC or S Corp. We don't know. He doesn't say he makes it seem like he was just, you know, had hired on the job site as an employee to the big construction firm. And all he can do is just punch nails all day. And so this roofer who I think he shot himself in the head with a nail gun when he was up on the roof, up on the a frame, um, he slipped off and cracked his noggin. I don't know. But listen to this guy talk about the means of production and that there is no middle class. There's just the working class and, the, uh, and your relationship to the means of production. When people today think of class in the United States, they typically envision a division based on income levels. Lower class, middle class, and upper class. However, 
This analysis is largely incorrect. Class is actually determined by a person's relationship to or ownership of the means of production. The means of production being a factory, a plantation, a skyscraper, something that generates money. What's amazing is his description of what the means of production is and your relationship to it. Factories, plantations, skyscrapers. Um, and he says, that's just something that generates money. Well, your entity can generate money. You as an individual who forms as a corporate LLC, uh, S-Corp, and puts himself out there to be a service, you can generate money. The factory. You know, when he talks about that, he makes you, he paints this picture like there's this big evil factory and no one can run it except for the elite. Never mind the fact that the raw materials that come in from the factory come from another business. The raw material company is making money off the factory because they're providing the factory with the raw materials so whatever that factory is building, they can build it. I mean, the trucks that bring it there, trucking companies are also reaping rewards of the factory. The factory generates money in and of itself But then those who purchase it wholesale will generate money from the factory. It's ridiculous. The factory doesn't just exist and everybody worked for the factory. It's the same thing as the plantation. Who sells the seeds to the the plantation? Who sells the fertilizer to the plantation? The plantation doesn't just have it, doesn't just make it. They don't just grow stuff out of the ground magically. They have to plant things. And the best part was the skyscraper. They want to, the Gordon Gecko. 1980s, Alex P. Keaton, evil capitalist Wall Street guy up there. He's running these businesses and he's sitting in his ivory tower there in Manhattan on the 85th floor in his skyscraper. Yeah, the skyscraper basically makes money off of leasing office space. That's about it. I mean, what else can the skyscraper do? There's multiple businesses, multiple entities, just as you, just in different fields, whether it's accounting or whether it's a law firm or whatever the case may be, they are all operating within that skyscraper, just as you can provide your talent as a roofer running your own business. I mean, it's it's silly to listen to this guy. So now he's going to get into the whole proletariat Marxist labor part of the video it requires workers most people like 90 percent of us are working class and do not own the means of production damn instead the vast majority of us have to find a buyer for the only commodity we have which is our ability to perform labor this is the working class the job they perform is irrelevant the unifying factor is that they sell their time and skills to members of the ownership class in return for the wages they need to live. Yeah, there it is. We have to find a buyer for the only commodity we have, the ability to perform labor, the wage earner, the proletariat. It's unbelievable. That is straight Marxism. In Marxist theory, a dictatorship of the proletariat is for the proletariat, of the proletariat, and by the proletariat. On the Marxist view, this will endow the proletarian with the power to abolish the conditions that make a person a proletarian and thus build communism. So that's what they're pushing here. They're selling communism. You know, what is your ability to perform labor? 
Maybe you go to college, enhance your ability so you stick out of the crowd. Maybe you go to trade school to enhance your ability to stick out of the crowd. Maybe you get out there and you perform. Maybe you're so talented, your resume speaks for itself and people start going, that guy over there builds the best crap. I want to hire him. Oh, that guy, he can... He puts on a roof quick, efficiently, and he's really thorough. I want that guy. So guess what? Your talents aren't just you show up, clock in, and you're being taken by the man. It's the talents you possess. Enhance them. Be marketable. But this guy just wants to paint the picture because this is what they're painting. They're painting the picture that the government should step in because these evil corporations are taking advantage of everybody and the government needs to come in and level the playing field. And when that happens, well, then what happens to the people leveling the playing field? They're not included in the leveling. They're leveling and they're getting paid by people who don't want to be leveled. And those people are going to go out of their way to make relationships with the levelers and they're going to find a way to escape the leveling And all of that is going to go to those people who are conducting the leveling. That's how it works. It's human nature. It always works that way. All right. The roofer communist, he's not quite done yet. Viewing class in its proper context allows us to present the argument that the middle class, frequently alluded to in conventional media and politics, is a fiction that deliberately obscures the relationship and conflict between workers and the owners of society. Going to go out on a limb here and say it's actually Means TV's uh, propagandist video that's framing this version of class, and it's through its media and the AFL-CIO union's politics, which is the fiction here. America isn't a slave state with the rich controlling everything and you being subservient to them. Again, the majority of corporations... They're S-corporations or LLCs. When people think corporations, they think of this big skyscraper, you know, the skyscraper generating (laughs) revenue generating center that he was talking about earlier. The guys in the suit and ties, you know, like what was DRI song, suit and tie guy. You know, you think of that, but really think of all the small business. Think about when you drive down the road and you see the strip mall on the side of the road and all those businesses in there. Think about all those services. They're all usually S-corps. Some may be franchises. Some may be attached to a C-corporation, big corporation, but they're typically S-corps, small businesses. Many of them yield a comfortable living for its owners and sometimes for people they employ. And they could be middle class. They may not be throwing down, you know, buying yachts and, and eating foie gras, but they're living a comfortable living. They own a home. They might have a boat. You know, they've got a couple cars. You know, they're they're doing fairly well, taking vacations, what have you. What he's describing is the unions who require dues from its members and will fight to have the increase in wages across the board to benefit the union itself. Individually, they're not fighting for your personal wage increase. They're portraying themselves as your protector, your fighter. But they're the slave masters in this equation. The best part is this workers versus owners of society garbage. I mean, do you know who the owners of society are? The government. A rich or wealthy CEO can't compel you to pay a tax. 
They can't place liens on your bank accounts and freeze them. They can't deploy the enforcement wings and agencies to get you to obey or to be apprehended for noncompliance to their demands, which are laws, regulations, you know, some laws that are in direct conflict with an individual's faith or religion. It's amazing what kind of garbage this dude is spewing. All members of the working class under capitalism are subject to the same conditions to constantly produce more for as little wage compensation as possible. It is these shared employment conditions across industries that provide a unifying experience for all workers that make them all working class and not lower or middle class. You know, that's such a narrow view to play on the disparity of those who may be working low ladder jobs, transient positions. Production and efficiency are demanded by those who own the company, but you're not required to work for them. That doesn't mean you don't have the ability to work for nobody. Seek a different employer. Negotiate your salary. Start your own business. In America, that opportunity is available to all. In China, you are working for the owners of society, the government, which also owns the business, the means of production. That is the Chinese model where you'll be in a sweatshop manufacturing crappy drywall that you're going to try to peddle on America that we'll have to recall and send back, or you'll be pumping out the uh, Android phone knockoff that's counterfeited, stolen technology, one of those enterprises that came from our bounty of liberty and freedom. What he's describing is communism while he thinks he's chastising capitalism. Take it from a roofer, you're working class, and we're in this fight together. The idea that a large percentage of people live as some sort of middle class removed from the inherent conflict between workers and owners is a fiction. For generations, it has been used by the rich in the media as a wedge to keep large sections of the working class from identifying as workers. Yeah, take it from the roofer who shot himself in the skull with a nail gun or fell off that daggone roof because this fiction is the propaganda And it is the wedge that is being pushed on us to make those who are actually in the middle class think that they're slaves to a corporate master. I mean, he talks about it's these shared experiences. Again, continuing to play on the disaffected people in jobs who take these jobs to maybe make ends meet while they begin to move in whatever career they wish to move in whether it's attending universities or college for enhancing their marketable skill set, or maybe they're working in a lower position for a so-called rich owner, but they're in a field that they're interested in to gain experience and build their resume, or heck, maybe they're just taking the job to make ends meet. This is envy 101. This is idolatry. This is covetous. You know, things that the Ten Commandments kind of frowned upon. I mean, it's... To sit there and worry about what your neighbor is doing and what they've got and how you're not of the haves and have-nots, that's covetous. I mean, this is what they're, they're using to play on to gain support. The fiction of the middle class has outlived its usefulness in American political discourse as workers around the country begin to realize the collective power they can wield as a unified working class the collective power the collective is straight up communism the it takes a village to raise a family 
it's that mentality. That's assuming that people are generally good in nature when they're not. People are evil in nature, but we have to attain goodness. We have to work extra hard not to be evil. It's the other way around. If you think that everyone's good and you know a few bad apples kind of show up, well, then you're going to push for things like building a utopian society, you know, leveling out the rich versus the have-not working class. That is all a bunch of hot garbage. So... You know, they have this, everyone can pitch in and help. We'll just throw all our money together and we'll have free college and free health care and everything will be nice and sweet and everything beautiful and nothing hurt. No, that is the fiction right there. That's the fiction. So we are constantly inundated with socialism from every angle. Gallup News, four in 10 Americans embrace some form of socialism. Americans today are more closely divided than they were earlier in the last century when asked whether some form of socialism would be a good thing or a bad thing for the country. While 51% of U.S. adults say socialism would be a bad thing for the country, 43% believe it would be a good thing. (laughs) Unbelievable. And what's even worse is you have, this is an actual story from MarketWatch, a business-oriented news outlet. Overconfident people from upper-class backgrounds succeed even if they're not that clever. Incompetent, privileged individuals are more likely to act like they're smart. And yes, people believe in them. More class warfare. Most people have had at least one colleague with the privilege who likes to, or the sense of privilege who likes to speak first. This behavior may make it difficult for those of lower social classes to successfully interject and navigate the higher ranks within an organization. And that is from Nicole Jones-Young, who has researched behavior in the workplace. Sounds to me like more of the same stuff from that video. See, that's what we're dealing with. The constant inundated uh, just barrage of socialism. You already have kids being indoctrinated in college, kids being indoctrinated through K through 12. And then it seems like the levers and buttons to ignite them into active activism is happening all at the same time. You've got them worried about climate's going to kill us in 12 years. You got them worried about we need to do something about the working class and we need to help out those in need by destroying and redis- uh, destroying the wealth of rich people and evening it out and redistributing. It's all crap. It's all socialism. It's all communism because socialism leads to communism. And communism is an international venture. That's what they want to do. A global society run by an elite that is going to manage the economy and manage the society to supposedly benefit you. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. So the AFL-CIO is tweeting out communist propaganda made by this group called Means TV. And of course, you're probably saying, look, Adrian, it's just a stupid two-minute video. Some idiot roofer out there talking about communism and trying to dupe us on the fact that there is no middle class, that it's only the workers and the, the overlords of the means of production, which I don't understand that. But it's interesting when you find the background 
to the people from Means TV. This is from the Detroit Free Press. Detroit Couple creates Netflix-style service with pro-socialist programming. A young Detroit couple who helped controversial New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez win election last year as a Democratic Socialist are now launching a pro-socialism media company from their home. Their company, Means TV, is an internet-only web streaming service that for $10 a subscription, hmm, lots of capitalism right there, would offer entertainment programming with pro-worker and anti-capitalist viewpoints, including original TV shows, talk shows, sketch comedy, reality TV, and on-the-ground reporting. Means TV began releasing preview videos last month, and the couple are aiming to raise $500,000 through the website by May 30th. You know what that is? That is trying to obtain capital. That is trying to obtain working capital, you morons. That amount could finance the initial year of programming, which would roll out this year or early 2020, they said. The service would use edgy Vice Media-style videos. Now, we're going to get into some stuff with Vice, which is really something that was kind of sparked a nerve with me. It was pretty interesting. But they're going to use Vice Media-style videos and a Netflix-type on-demand model to capture the attention of millennials and members of the younger generation, Generation Z, who may feel dissatisfied with where they think society is heading and aren't familiar with other economic systems. That's what I was talking about. That's what that video was focused on. It wasn't focused on actual middle-class people. It was focused on disaffected millennials and Generation Z who are looking around and they don't feel that they fit in the middle class, and then they are being told there is no middle class, that they're just a bunch of workers, and we got to fight the means of production overlords. Quote, Our future is almost guaranteed to be worse than the future of our parents, at our age, which is essentially the case now, they said in a sit-down interview. When I talk to young people, especially those who have come from poverty, there is no hope for a better future, he said. They know that the whole, they, they know that the whole, I'm going to make, you know, maybe be rich someday is a trap. The, the couple said they were both brought up in Democratic voting households and over time lost faith in that political party's elected officials. I grew up with this idea that Democrats were morally right. That's the angle they're playing right now. Joe Biden's out there trying to say that he's this moral standard, you know, the groper, the serial groper smelling woman's hair and, you know, breathing down their neck and, and chewing on their ear, getting their hands all, you know, he's going to be the, more, the, the pillar of morality. The same party that's out there complaining that they can't kill a baby right out the womb who are just going to pull all of their businesses out of Georgia who are focusing on Alabama as well. In fact, I think what Kristen Wiig, I guess the, the comedian, if you can call her that, she's more of a, you know, clap, clap. <laughs> I mean, I get a couple chuckles out of her. You know, sometimes she's slightly funny, but she's not, you know, a Sherry O'Terry. She's not uh, Gilda Radner, but she has some TV show for Netflix, I think, or Hulu or one of those things. And she's pulling it out of Alabama. Because they can't kill babies. But it also shows the split that's going on with the Democrat Party right now, which is really amazing. Because that's what a lot of the Democrat Party is. They think the Republicans are these prudes. They're going to put you in handmaid's tales outfits. They're going to 
make you be barefoot and pregnant. They're going to make you read the Bible and they're not going to let you have your fun. And you're going to turn around and say, well, they're not all that moral. They're a bunch of hypocrites. And they're a bunch of white CEOs who live in big, big revenue generating skyscrapers and who are the overlords of the means of production. And I want to be with the ones who are morally right, the ones who have the civil rights for the LGBTQRSTUV. And then they find out that those people are hoodwinking them too. So now, because they don't believe in natural rights, they don't believe in a natural order that the Constitution, you know, works in tandem with protecting our freedoms, our natural rights from government. They think government's the answer because they, you know, if the vacuum is left open and there is no natural creator, natural ruler, then they're going to fill it with inept politicians. They're going to fill it with leaders that that will make decisions for them. And then when they find out those people are frauds, well, then they're going to find the radical democratic socialist. Means TV's debut comes at a time when interest in socialism among Democrats which is often traced to Senator Bernie Sanders' 2016 campaign for president, is at an all-time high. Some of Sanders' policies are ideas that were once considered far left, such as Medicare for All. Last summer, a nationwide Gallup poll found 57% of Democrats and Democrat-leaning independents held a positive view of socialism, with only 47% having a positive view of capitalism. Means TV would join the recent wave of new streaming services aimed at niche audiences. Now, they talk about Vet TV, but Vet TV didn't want to even go to the interview. They declined to respond because Vet TV is a veteran-owned right-wing former U.S. Marine uh, streaming outlet with a target audience of a post-9-11 military veterans. So they didn't want to really get into that. In fact, the guy from Means TV said it's basically like a right-wing pro-military version of what we're trying to do. So the pro-socialism left has a few media outlets such as Jacobin Magazine and a podcast called Chapo Trap House, but has lacked a video platform to introduce the ideology to a bigger audience. Quote, there is nothing that is explicitly pro-worker that isn't just sad documentaries that are three hours long, Burton, the creator of Means TV, said. We already are depressed enough. We need something we can laugh at the situation that we're in, but also plug in some ideas like I deserve better pay or I deserve health care. It's amazing. So they're pushing for big government programs. They're pushing for unionization, which BuzzFeed, I don't know if you saw this. It was hilarious. BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed News, they decided they were going to get together and create a union. And then they were going to contact the owners of BuzzFeed and say, hey, come down here. We've got some demands. And the owners said, go pound sand. Look, you can unionize voluntarily. I don't have a problem with that. Now, whether or not your owners are going to adhere to your union's demands, it's up to them. But at the same time, do not force us into unionization and then take our money so that you can kick back to the Democrat Party for campaigns. But Means TV is another, it's another, quiver, uh, it's another arrow in the quiver of the democratic socialism to build culture because everything is downstream from culture. If they can build sketch comedy, if they can build reality TV, if they can build things that will draw people in, then 
eventually they will side with those politics. And that is what you're seeing happening with the content on Net, uh, Netflix. That's what you're seeing with the content that's on HBO, which we're going to get into. Vice News, HBO. All of that is where they can cultivate this, the democratic socialism ideals and the, and, and, the, and the principles and the values. And then they can shove it into the politics later. Before we move on, I've got one question for the couple who created Meads TV, the same couple that helped Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez with her campaign videos and her rise to fame. They asked Nick Hayes, who is one of the creators, what is socialism? And his answer is telling. It says, it is workers' control over the economy, basically. Instead of all of our factories and offices and means of production being owned by two or three dudes, everyone who works there owns that facility and operates it and manages it and decides how much people get paid. So that completely changes the economic power landscape in a way that radically transforms our social relationships and basically radically transforms our politics. You know, not everybody has the same interest in these little co-ops, you know, where you give ownership over to the workers a lot of them fail because then when somebody has to make their own, you know, their own hours, well, they're just not going to show up. Maybe they'll show up for an hour and a half. Somebody's not going to put the time in to clean the place. We've heard about these restaurants that operated that way and were closed within months. They were like, yeah, the workers are going to control it. The scheduling was hell. The production, which, you know, people that dine there took them hours to get food. Everything was half-assed because not everybody had the same interest. The owners have the interest, and they hire people for their skills in a relationship that is basically, I'm going to negotiate a price for your labor so you can help me facilitate my dream and my vision. And those people willingly become employees because they want to. Whether or not they want to do their own thing later on, whether or not they have their own interest, that comes up down the line. But then here's the other thing that I want to ask them. Who designed their website? Who is their internet service provider? How do they exchange money through the internet? Who's the processor? Who built the cameras? Who, who designed the editing software? Who came up with the audio equipment? Every bit of that is capitalism. Every bit of it was made by innovation through capital by companies who had an interest in making cameras, who had an interest in making editing software, who had an interest in making audio equipment. Not a bunch of people that said, yeah, we're going to get together and yeah, I guess we're going to make some audio equipment, but we'll all own this thing. That's not how any of it works, and it fails whenever it's turned into that model. Now, another leftist organization that is considered a news outlet, Vice News, they had an interesting situation happen. They raided the home of the creator of 8chan, Jim Watkins. He hosts a ton of other websites like the Goldwater, along with the 8chan website message board. That's basically considered the dregs of the Internet. It's basically an evolution from 4chan, who many say is where the trolls of Twitter and Facebook, where they meet to conjure up and conspire trolling offenses during the 2016 presidential election. In fact, this is from uh, This Is Africa. They tweeted out, Online age, the bane of social media platforms, 4chan, 8chan, among others, where public figures get lampooned 
At the click of a button, Meghan Markle has been at the receiving end of visceral abuse, fueled in part by racism and negative media coverage. Oh, boo-hoo, some get their feels hurt because people will lampoon them. You know, say what you will about it, it's actually just an open and uncensored forum. And I may not like what's on it, but it's the users that make it what it is, which is different than what Facebook and Twitter and all those places do. But the left despise 4chan and 8chan and even Reddit because people can congregate on these forums and discuss whatever they want unfiltered. And they feel it's a bunch of alt-right white supremacists who push fake news, share damning memes used to mock the left and organize pranks to pull on journalists and politicians. You know, they did that with Michael Avenatti. <laughs> and they pull anyone even loosely related to those platforms into destroying them economically or any economic support that they have that they use to project their beliefs or if they engage in projecting their voice via social media, they use, you know, platform. They take those platforms that they operate on and they try to destroy them. Judd Legum, this uh, blue checkmark journalist, he did an investigation on the financial support of 8chan which uh, was really interesting because he said, how does 8chan, a racist me uh, message board linked to the gun massacres in New Zealand and Pittsburgh, generate enough cash to operate? Let's follow the money. Who owns 8chan? NT Technologies. Who owns NT Technology? Jim Watkins. 8chan is owned by Jim Watkins, a pig farmer in the Philippines. Watkins avoids a lot of problems other racist sites run into by providing most of 8chan's services, including domain hosting, through his own company, NT Technology. But it's still expensive to run a website. You need to pay for servers, bandwidth, and staff, so Watkins needs an outside source of cash. He lists all the websites he owns. The most important of these sites is one that Watkins runs called Books.Audio. It sells audiobooks, including some about sex vacations in the Philippines, narrated by Watkins himself. Uh, he also owns the, or he sells these audiobooks on 8chan and other websites, including the Goldwater. But Watkins doesn't sell them directly. They're purchased through Amazon. For each sale, Watkins, and therefore 8chan, gets a cut. Watkins books are also available through Amazon's Audible uh, subsidiary. If a new Audible customer starts with one of Watkins books, he gets a $75 bonus. And so this guy's trying to thread the needle that Amazon is funding 8chan. So let's listen to Mr. Watkins in his own words explain exactly what happened to him on that fateful day of being raided. Even today... It is not even 100 years later, the new generation and youth of our great nation do not realize that horrendous acts were committed in the name of better society, safer streets, and the reduction of crime. The libraries of the world have almost completely buckled to the newest form of book burning and censorship. Controlling the narrative of the news media, completely monopolizing the digital communication of the entire world. Not only some countries, but the entire world. The past weekend, my home was invaded. The equivalent of brown certs in Nazi Germany met me at my bedroom door. Perhaps the same way Jews were met in their homes. The atrocities of the past could very well happen again if we, 
as decent law-abiding folks allow this sort of action to be tolerated. The point should be made very clear. The employees of an American news agency, by stealthy means, entered my house. When I was confronted by them, I was completely shocked. I had already told the same employees of Vice News that no, I did not want to be interviewed by them. They had no right to be in my home. They had no right to bring film equipment to my home. Running the cameras and surprising me at my bedroom door. I have heard that they were even live streaming inside my home on their Twitter accounts. Wow. Just wow. This is the type of harassment the Jews had to put up with in the pre-war Germany. It's the type of harassment that those accused of communism had to put up with in the 1950s America. This is so upsetting for so many reasons. When I said no to the Washington Post, this did not stop them from writing inaccurate stories about my company and myself. It did, however, result in the cancellation of the account of a company I work with on the side at the biggest library in the world. The results of these actions will not shutter the doors of my business. It will shut the doors of folks that I do business with when the only path to publishing digital books on both Amazon and Apple's iTunes is canceled. This would effectively silence someone. I run my website so that those that are silenced still have a place to write and be heard. My social media presence is minimal, not because I don't enjoy social media, it's because my accounts are suspended, so I can't publish in social media. I cannot publish my books or those of my friends in the two largest libraries in the world. I will continue to keep my library open until they come to burn all the books. So, the real deal is, guys, I'm, I'm really getting hounded, and it seems like there's some kind of like a big commission or something to get an interview by me, because all of a sudden, all of these different news agencies are trying to interview me, you know, but none of them are ABC News or Fox News or CBS or NBC. Those are, those are, like real news agencies they're you know maybe they have their slant this way and that but they're, they're the real news okay um i don't want anything to do with the lady that that skewed all the facts in lat back east and i i have nothing to do with them you know they the they're like antifa people no, I don't want to be interviewed by them. The real new agencies, they can interview me, no problem. But they're not interested because they have no interest in making me out to be the white supremacy leader of the free world. That's not me. No, 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 not me. So don't even attempt it, you know? So the day that I refused to interview with the Washington Post, 
they uh, canceled the ACX account. ACX is the account that you submit books through. And, and we have 11 books in production here. And they're all like canceled. And all of the authors that those books reply to are out on a limb now because they have no narrators for them. And they canceled our books account. We can't submit. It's actually not even my account. I'm just paid to narrate there. And it's a, it's a real shame. And then, and then one of these, uh, oh, Daily Beast. Daily Beast wrote that we're like getting uh, like all of our money from Amazon. But, you know, that's not happening. I received a check for $80 from Amazon. $80 doesn't pay for a day at a channel. Okay. So, so they're not even paying, you know, what, what you're worth. You know, they're just cheating and then they, they, they suspend your account if you have anything to do with anybody. But I don't have anything to do with anything bad. So, my friend's account at ACX that we submit books through should not be turned off. But here I am with the, with the Antifa reporters in my house. I said, what's up with that? That's not fair. That's not right. It's the wrong thing to do, you know? And, and it's a big mistake. And I don't, and I don't think that the actual corporate heads at Amazon or ACX or even the Washington Post have anything to do with that. I think some numbskulls in, in their lower levels have decided that they're going to take uh, their social justice into their own hands and they're, and they're doing this. And, and then there's no access to talk to, hello, Mr. Bezos. Uh, we didn't do anything wrong, and we really like making audio books, you know. But no, you've turned off our account. Uh, we're the paper. We're not the people writing it. <laughs> anyway, it, but they have a, a philosophy guy. Tabula Rosa. We're just the, the blank paper. You know, we're not the writers. So anyway, I'll talk to you guys later. Again, the libertarian side in me says, you know what? These platforms should exist, regardless of the content and political affiliation, unless they're actively seeking radicalization of terrorists, inciting or conspiring to inspire or coordinate committed uh, violent attacks. But Jim Watts, Watkins just explained from his angle what happened, and he meandered a lot, so I had to kind of chop up the clips but why would they be so focused on him because the same reasons they shadow ban people on facebook and twitter they skew google searches demonetize youtube decline payments via internet processing services because if they feel you can influence people against their political candidates in upcoming elections especially with one for the presidency on the horizon well then they will go out of their way to do so and they'll do whatever it takes I mean, if you're an isolated pig farmer who is a web hoster in the Philippines, well, they'll just have to raid your home and smear you in the news on HBO because Vice is on HBO because they have no way of eliminating your voice. 
And Vice just received a new investor. Yeah, George Soros. He's funding $250 million in debt funding to Vice Media. This is from Variety. Looking to revitalize its flag, uh, flagging business, Vice Media has gotten $250 million in cash infusion from an investment consortium that includes billionaire George Soros. So we know Soros would definitely want some sort of stake in this game to destroy people with the Antifa-style method. Means TV and Vice News, you know, they can exist for the same reasons I think 4chan and 8chan can exist. Let the market decide if it can succeed. But I wanted to point out that for the same reasons Vice News is being propped up with big money leftists who don't mind tossing millions down the well in hopes of aiding in propaganda, we have to realize Means TV must be taken seriously because the left will make them serious com- uh, competitors regardless of if they're successful or not. More importantly, the AFL-CIO tweeting out their content on their social media accounts will give them legitimacy. So we have to realize that. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning into the show. Listen to us on Mojo 50 Radio. You can find that on iHeartRadio or go to mojo50.com every Wednesday, 10 p.m. You can also listen to us on the weekends, Saturday, 5 p.m., Sunday morning, midnight. Also, get the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Overcast wherever podcasts are hosted, and be sure to give us a review. Give us a good five-star review that's going to help us go up in the ratings so we're more visible to others. You can also donate to the show. Go to patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show. Give $2 a month or go to anchor.fm and search Adrian Slade. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Gab, MeWe, Parler, Convo, Snippy, search Adrian Slade. Follow us on Twitter at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade Show, which is the official show page on Twitter. And you can also read the blog, AdrianSladeShow.com. You can also get the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store on the Roku streaming channel store. Be sure to download the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.